Good morning, everybody. Oh, that was wonderful. Really good to see you. How are you doing? Well, good. Excellent. Um, As George mentioned, you know, for these prayer services, it's like we're, we're just taking a little bit of time before we get praying to bring some equipping and encouragement and, and edification so that we can get to praying. And, you know, our theme for prayer today is going to be about healing. And um, in order to kind of get the, uh, get the thing going, I want to take a bit of scripture about a healing and, you know, just some observations about it. So if you could get your Bibles and we'll be looking at Acts chapter 3 and particularly verses 1 to 10. Acts 3, verses 1 to 10. And George had mentioned it, or somebody had mentioned it earlier. I think it might have been George. But when we're talking about healing, we're talking about actual, physical, you were sick and now you're not. Or you had this particular illness or ailment and now you don't. Like physical healing. But we also know that that's, healing is a much broader thing, that there are emotional forms of healing. There are, there are, there's deliverance, which is you know, a spiritual form of healing. So you know, we're, we're talking about healing, body, soul, and spirit. And uh, the Lord Jesus is the expert on this. Although it's interesting because the section that I'm going to be uh, focusing on, Jesus is not physically present So let's take a look at Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. And I will read. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. That's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And a a man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they'd laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms, that means uh, like it's money basically for the poor, to ask alms of those entering the temple. And seeing Peter, verse 3, and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And basically the way you did that was you didn't look at the person. You kept your head down and you asked for money. And uh, that's what the guy did like he had lots and lots of times, apparently. Um, uh, He was laid daily at the gate there. Seeing uh, uh, verse 4, And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. Well, that was different. And verse 5, He fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have... I give to you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Awkward silence, probably. And then he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Wow, 
Well, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of springboard off of that word amazement. Uh, the, 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 the word in Greek is like, uh, like it, 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 their minds were blown. They, uh, they, they were completely undone by what had happened. They, they, they had no grid for it, all the, the expressions we would use. It was just the craziest thing that happened. They were in wonder, filled with wonder and amazement. So today, I just want to make some observations. I want to just list, I guess, some amazing things about this story, things that are mind-blowing. And then I want to talk about an even more amazing thing. And then I want to talk about what I consider to be the most amazing thing. So some amazing things about this particular miracle. The, the miracle itself was amazing. We're talking about a man who he had spent over, he's over 40 years old, and this was a congenital problem right from birth. And he, he, his, his feet and ankles, it seems, they just weren't working ever since he was born. So he spent over 40 years like this. And suddenly, all, all, all in a moment, uh, you know, Peter says, you know, just says something to him. He wasn't even expecting to be healed. He says, you know, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. That, that's amazing, isn't it? Like, it's, it's incredible that something like this would happen. So the miracle itself was amazing, that he got completely healed in a moment. Uh, the location and the time, amazing. It wasn't, you know, behind closed doors somewhere or whatever. This happened in a public place. It was very public, actually. It was by the gate, beautiful. Uh, that wasn't the title of the gate. That's just what people called the gate. It was a really beautiful gate. Probably what's called the double gate. Um, yeah, there's like these two big stairways that go up to this particular gate on the south side of the temple. And he was probably there. And he was probably there because that's a high traffic spot. And if you're wanting to beg, then you'd be looking for a high traffic spot. So yeah, the, the location and, and, and the time, it was, it was amazing. Peter's faith, amazing, yeah? I mean, he usually would walk, he, he was gonna walk by the guy, but it seems like the Lord Jesus stopped him. His attention ended up on the guy and now the Lord is speaking to him about what he wants done. That takes faith to actually do it. Because, I mean, Peter's a man. He's, he's not like, he can't like just heal people. With, he's, he hasn't got power to heal people all by himself. But the Lord's saying, I want you to say this. You know, gold and silver I don't have. But what I have I give to you. Rise up and walk. And he did it. That takes faith. If you've ever had the Lord really pressing on you to say something or to do something, and it's, you know it's Him, a lot of times it takes courage because He often asks us to do things that take courage. Amen? Well, yeah, Peter's faith. Wow, the man's faith while we're at it. I mean, he'd never walked before. And there's Peter saying, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And it's like, well, what do I do next? And then Jesus grabbing him, sorry, Peter grabbing him, and then, what can I say? It's like, if the man had no faith, he would have just like, get off of me. You know, let me beg, leave me alone. But he trusted enough to give it a try. 
And he did. Wow. God bless him and his faith. Wow, what a reward for, for, for the little bit of faith that he had to offer uh, into the situation. His faith was amazing. Oh, and the aftermath, the parts I didn't read afterwards, amazing. <laughs> people, hundreds of people, all of a sudden, they, they're, they're all running to Solomon's portico there, Solomon's porch. And because uh, that's sort of around where this happened. So they all run there. And then uh, Peter preaches the gospel and 2,000 people get saved. Amazing, right? Yeah, so this is an amazing story. And now, uh, uh, would you agree it was amazing? Yeah. Okay, good, very good. I've accomplished the first point then. The second thing I want to talk about is, is uh, something that I would consider to be more amazing even than the other things. I'm amazed that the man wasn't already healed personally by Jesus before this. And I'll, have, I'll explain that. I'm amazed that this lame man that Peter and John encountered, I'm amazed that he wasn't already healed by Jesus uh, personally before this. And, and when you look at this man's life, and you look at Jesus and, and how Jesus, how his ministry worked and everything, you just start getting the impression that their lives were on a collision course. They were, everything that was happening to them was causing them to cross paths. For example, the man was a regular at the temple and people knew him well. He was like, yeah, well, that's the guy that sits by that gate, and that's the guy that begs. He's older. He was set there daily. He was a fixture at the temple. The, the man set himself in a high traffic area where lots of a begging spot uh, at the beautiful gate every day. The man must have known about Jesus. If you kind of know your word of God and, and how Jesus ended up, well, I'll talk about that, how Jesus' path would have crossed his. Um, he must have known about Jesus, and he certainly must have heard testimonies from other people whom Jesus had healed. Now, on the other side, so the man was in places that Jesus was. And on the other side of it, Jesus was in places that the man was. He visited Jerusalem regularly because there were festivals to go to. And whenever he came to Jerusalem, he taught in the temple. It's likely that Jesus and his disciples saw this man numerous times. They probably walked by him numerous times. And on the day, even more, on the day of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, like, you know, when he's coming on a donkey and everything, this, this time that they're singing Hosanna, to the, they're, they're shouting Hosanna to the Son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. On that day... You tell me, after he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, where did he go first? He went to the temple. And what did he do when he went to the temple? Well, that's not the first thing he did. What was the first thing he did when he went to the temple? He turned over the tables of the money changers and said, my house is a house of prayer. You're making it a den of robbers. Then what did he do next? <laughs> well, he didn't heal him. This is the thing. Is in Matthew 21, 14. 
What did he do next after he overturned the tables? Matthew 21, 14 says, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. So now this is really close. Their, their, their paths have really crossed. The temple was that guy's turf. The, the, the gate at the temple there. And Jesus, well, that was really his turf. And he came into that situation. And it says the, the blind and the lame came and he healed them. So we've got a 40-year-old man, lame from birth, who was a regular at the temple in Jerusalem, sitting at one of the main gates, knowing about Jesus, knowing that Jesus is a healer, knowing that on this particular day, when Jesus made a huge entrance into the city, knowing Jesus was healing the blind and the lame right there in the temple courts. And we know from the scriptures that the man had faith to be healed uh, because he was. And yet, somehow, uh, Jesus didn't heal him. It wasn't Jesus who healed him, I'll say it that way. It wasn't Jesus himself who healed him. Why? And maybe you've asked that question yourself, uh, for yourself, uh, or maybe for uh, a friend, someone who's close to you, family. Why? Why, Lord? Um, when you love us, you have the power to heal why not me? Um, why not now? I don't know if you've ever asked those questions. I've asked those questions in my walk with the Lord, and particularly regarding healing, calling out to him for healing, and then it not seeming to be happening, or at least not happening as fast as I'd like it to or I feel I need it to. How do you think the man might have felt, that lame man, seeing other lame people, maybe friends of his, get their miracle. They got their miracle. And yet there he was, left without healing. So we have a question. Why didn't Jesus heal that lame man before? Like, why didn't he do that before when their paths were clearly colliding and there was so much opportunity um, and others were getting healed all around him? Well, the answer to that question is the most amazing thing. Here's the most amazing thing is, is from my perspective. Knowing what we know now from Scripture, um, we can be sure that Jesus didn't overlook this man. And maybe that's a word of encouragement if you've been calling out to the Lord for a long time about something. In this case, the Lord Jesus it looked like he had overlooked him, and, and he just didn't, wasn't in that healing wave. He just maybe, I don't know, was he not there that day? Or like, what happened? But whatever it would be, it would be disappointing. And, um, you know, an encouragement would be, Jesus hasn't overlooked you. It's not like he hasn't heard your prayers. Sometimes he's got something else in mind that we can't see in our pain or or in our desperation, or whatever. He's got something else in mind. And uh, so, yeah, don't give up. What am I saying here? Don't quit. Do it. Pray and never give up. Amen? Amen. Okay, well, let's keep talking about this most amazing thing. Um, I believe 
that, uh, that Jesus didn't overlook the man and that he fully intended for that man to get his miracle and to be healed. But I think Jesus chose not to be the one who worked that miracle. I believe he had another plan, a bigger plan. I believe that Jesus didn't heal the man previously himself, or that's not how the story went, because he, that is Jesus, wanted to demonstrate his intention to continue his healing ministry on earth through his followers, Peter, John. In fact, this particular story, it was the first healing that's recorded in Scripture after Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to heaven and after the Holy Spirit came to empower the church. I think it's significant. There's something significant in that. This was the plan all along that just as Jesus' ministry of reconciliation to God in Christ, just as that was given to us, the ministry of reconciliation, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and onward, his ministry of healing would continue through the body of Christ too. That is, that we were given the ministry of reconciliation to preach the gospel to all creation, but we were also given a ministry of healing on the earth here that Jesus began. And of course, uh, uh, um, it says in Mark 16, 18, it says that one of the signs that will accompany those who believe is they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's pretty clear. It's something that, th that Jesus did when he was here on earth and it's something he's still doing through the church. To me, that's the most amazing thing. Not only did, you know, this amazing miracle through the power of the Holy Spirit and, and the ministry of Jesus, but that that continues from age to age, all the way till now, 2022, and here we are, the church, and we still carry a ministry of healing. It's got a little bit of dust on it, I think. A little bit of rust, maybe. Um, but... There's nobody else who's going to receive Jesus' ministry of healing. It's just like we can't expect other people to preach the gospel to the world. We can't expect others to take care of this thing, this treasure, this gift that Jesus gave when he walked on the earth. And, and I mean, there's been so many testimonies of healing. That's the most amazing thing. So just to conclude, what does this mean for us? Jesus said to his followers, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. It's clear from Scripture that the Lord intends for us to make disciples of all nations, of course. It's also clear from Scripture that we are to pray for various kinds of healing for people, to continue Jesus' healing ministry here on earth by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, we don't heal people. It's not us, not about us. We don't heal people, God's power does. And the truth is we haven't got control of the outcome either. But we have been given an essential role. And that is to pray for healing. Trusting the Lord as we do. Listening to the Lord as he gives direction to us as we pray. And I've got to tell you, you might think like, 
well, how do we get going in this? Like, let's, let's do this. If Jesus believes that we have a healing ministry here on the earth, it would be a good idea if we believed it too. And you know what? The testimony of churches in these days, like today, that have experienced breakthroughs in healing, though the common feature, you know, as I've done reading about that and everything, the common feature is that they kept praying and they didn't give up. Even if they weren't seeing the results immediately or whatever. See, the enemy wants, you know, if this is all true, that is, if, if there's a healing ministry still in the midst of the church, and, and, and what Jesus did on the earth is, is to be carried out just like preaching the gospel to all creation, to pray for the sick and to see them recover. If that's all true, well, we, uh, um, if that's all true, then we need to not give up if we're not seeing immediate results. The enemy, well, he'll, want to, he'll try anything to get us to stop. You know, he'll say, don't pray, nothing will happen. Or he'll say, if you pray, what if nothing happens? What does that say about you? What does that say about your faith? What does that say about that poor sick person's faith? All that stuff, just put it aside because that's not, that's not our business. Our business is to pray and it's the Holy Spirit's business to bring the power. And our Lord Jesus brings healing as his church prays for the sick. So it's almost like we, we've got, there's a barrier to get through. That's what these churches, that's their testimony. So may the Lord help us do that. It could get complicated. We, we can make it really complicated. We can talk ourselves right out of praying for healing. For people, for ourselves, for people. Um, but it's actually pretty simple. Jesus says, pray for the sick and then see what happens. But our job is to pray. Amen? Okay, well, let's do that job.